Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Muscle Engineer Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Tak Andre, and this will be a special episode because I am going solo today. So I earlier I went into my fitness pal and I noticed that I actually crossed the 2000 day uh, mark. So basically I have a 2000 plus day streak on my fitness pal. I actually bought my food scale I think back in 2012. I would have to go back in my log and see exactly but it was around that time. I was for sure tracking late 2012 early 2013. So I'm coming up on 7 years of pretty much daily tracking um, with various degrees of accuracy some days I just estimate some days I uh, I am more precise but regardless I have been uh, inputting my food intake in uh, various degrees of completeness or accuracy for like seven years so I think I have a very good idea of what is going on I have also uh, talked with a lot of people who have also done the same and obviously I also noticed or observed real life people. I had many interactions with clients or, you know, just uh, gym members. And um, I think I have a very good uh, sense of what is going on. I have picked up some and observed some trends, um, which I am go- I want to talk about today. So in this episode, I will outline some um, common trends or patterns I noticed and some lessons I think that can be taken away when it comes to this whole calorie counting thing. Um, what are some of the advantages? What are some some of the potential upsides? What are some of the downsides? Uh, perhaps where to be careful so you not uh, jump into a pit where it can backfire and all that kind of stuff. So I will not uh, go into good or bad. I will just... Um, go by numbers so we'll start with number one and move on from there so point number one is a quote that dr house has made famous and that is everybody lies and what i mean by this is that pretty much everyone is delusional about their food intake starting out so um if you ask an overweight person how much they eat I can almost guarantee you that they will list an amount that is lower than the actual amount. In the same way, someone who is your typical um, hard gainer person, someone who is underweight, perhaps who has had trouble putting on weight in the past, uh, it's more than often, more often than not, that uh, they simply overestimate how much they eat. They might eat a lot in a, in, a, in a given meal and then they might skip meal, meals two and three. I've had interactions like that with some, some girls at college back in the day and when I when I started doing some quick math in my head I they pretty much were at a thousand calories and they were complaining that they were uh, losing weight or not able to gain weight and so that's basically the biggest um, takeaway and that's the first thing most people will encounter once they start tracking calories is that their food intake is uh, very much off compared to where they thought they were. And the second biggest trend I noticed is that most people undereat protein and overeat carbs and fats. Now, this is a general observation, but point number three is that most women drastically undereat protein like Men, uh, usually, even though they are usually not 
at that, you know, two grams per kilo amount, they are at least reasonably close, or that at least they have a couple of meals where they have some protein, simply because, you know, we us men, we like a good steak, we like a, um, some fatty meat with some beer, <laughs> if nothing else. But women, man, me, women, it's hard. Like, pretty much my number one nutritional strategy whenever I start working with a new client, a new female client is eat more protein. Like, if I ask them what they eat usually, if I ask them what they ate that day, it's more often than not. Like, I would estimate that most women do not go over 70 grams of protein per day. And that's just insufficient for most women. Like, if you're an adult person, I'm sorry, like 70 grams is not going to cut it if you want optimal body composition outcomes. So um, that's the biggest issue with women. And they just love carbs. They like their fats. But protein is the biggest uh, hassle when it comes to hitting their macronutrient targets. Point number four is that people forget what they eat if they log at the end of the day. Now, I'm sure this has happened if you're a trainer or a coach or um, someone who works with athletes or clients, like you ask them what they ate and they'll be like, I just don't remember. And some of you might be surprised by uh, by this, like how can you not remember what you ate? And believe me, <laughs> if, you, if you're not focused on, on, on your diet, like most people just do not care that much. Like most people just eat whatever they grab something on their way to, to, to work or, or when they come out of work and in their lunch break and they have other, other things running through their minds. Like um, I had this discussion with my former um, housemate and he said to me the same thing. He was like, I, you know, I remember back then I was a bit more uh, inexperienced and yeah, I was telling him like, how can not, people not remember? And he was like, "Come on, man! Like, pretty much even when I'm when I'm eating, I uh, my mind is still in front of the desktop, and I'm still thinking about uh, the work I'm I'm doing and the work I have to finish. So it's just not on not on their minds. And uh, by extension, that's also why I think that food frequency questionnaires are pretty much useless. Like the stuff that, <laughs> and this is amazing. Like I was just reading a study with some eggs. Like they asked people like 20 years ago, um, basically the study was conducted, they, they reported that it was conducted over 20 years and they basically asked the people once like how many eggs they ate. Like do you really think that people eat the same amount of eggs each, each day for 20 years? Like come on now. Like at this point, any study that is not metabolic board, I just ignore it because it's irrelevant. I know what's going on in the real world. So I know how people, how accurate they are. Like if the food has not been provided to people, it's just inaccurate and you're pretty much shooting in the dark and it's irrelevant. Like if you have a 50% margin for error, who cares? Like seriously, that's not science. That point is just guessing. Point number five is that uh, weekends are where most of the quote-unquote fat gain happens so what is going on there is that um, most people are very good uh, monday to friday usually because you know monday to friday you have your usual routine you work you um, and stuff you don't really have time to go out you don't have time to stay up late and eat because you have to wake up for work uh, tomorrow morning but then friday comes around and uh, you know you might go out with your friends you might order some pizza and uh, 
you know, watch a movie. <laughs> um, and all of those things are definitely things I have done myself. So I'm talking from personal experience as well. And then, you know, Saturday morning you wake up, you sleep in and pretty much do the same thing. And that's where the uh, extra calories accumulate. That's the unfortunate reality that if you want sustainable fat loss, for example, you will have to treat weekend days just as seriously as you would treat work days. Like you can very easily outdo any work you've done Monday to Friday by a binge on Saturday. Like, you know, some people like to say that uh, you can't get fat from one meal. Uh, that's true, but you can definitely do a ton of damage in one meal now. It also depends on what you call a meal, but listen, I can easily eat four or 5,000 calories without breaking a sweat in a meal. So large pizza is 3,000 calories plus, like, that's not hard to eat. You eat that on top of your regular diet, there you go, almost a, th- almost a pound of fat. Multiply that by 50 weeks and... <laughs> Even if you do like only half a pound for a week, you have 20 pounds gained in a year and you call it a sudden or overnight. It hasn't been overnight. It has been consistent, a consistent uh, overeating. Point number six is that uh, counting calories won't stop you from overeating. And this has been something that I noticed or had to learn the hard way myself like just because you know you have a target and just because um you know perhaps that you shouldn't eat anything because you already are at your target that won't stop you from that like that app won't grab your hand won't prevent you from ordering or from eating more food and uh, it would be very easy to say to people like you know come on just you know toughen up and suck it up and just hit those macros and (laughs) pretty much that's what macro coaches Hashtag macro coaches do on Instagram like, oh, it's easy. Just hit your macros. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> if only it was that easy. Like, you would have resolved obesity a long time ago. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. Um, counting calories is very awesome for giving you an awareness. But at the end of the day, you still need habits. You still need some routine. You need, still need some structure. And yes, you need some willpower to stop yourself from from overeating and this ties into or point number seven ties into number six which is that for best results uh, it's preferable to plan meals ahead of the day before so you don't wake up uh, and you know suddenly realizing that you surpassed your goals uh, which is was uh, you know what i mentioned in point number six so i think this is pretty much self-explanatory like the people who are best they you know they meal prep um, and that's something I know that doesn't uh, is sort of viewed as a negative light lately. But, you know, the more I learn and the more I do this, the more I go back to those bro ways simply because they work. And there was a reason why people got results uh, that way. Now, the justification might not be the best, but the practices are definitely not uh, something we should brush aside so easily like we have to be very careful when it comes to these things so plan your meals ahead so next day you wake up you know exactly what you're going to eat when are you going to eat it point number eight is related to this which is for best results it's the best to keep meals identical or at most have variability at one of your meals so if you have four meals 
I think it's a very good idea to have three of those four meals to be the same each day. Now, this doesn't mean that you can only eat five five food items and that's it. You can change the meals each week. Um, hell, you if you want to, you can change the meals every couple of days or, you know, have two um, set of uh, meals that you're sort of following. But um, I think it's not a good idea or it's very... It's a very risky business to just eyeball it, you know, or just play it by ear and uh, be like, oh, it's okay, I don't need to plan, I'm just going to eat whatever. If you're one of those people who is has a propensity to stay lean, has a very easy time losing weight, then okay, fine, but uh, that's not me. And that's not most people listening to this. So if you're one of those people who knows that um, if you... Uh, resort to eating whatever um, and just playing it by ear you will not lose weight at the least if not uh, gain weight then it's probably best to plan your meals ahead and um, eat the same meals um, each day and you know then each Sunday you can decide on perhaps replacing some of them or replacing maybe uh, most of them even if you like a bit more variety but the people who get the best results, people who get the most consistent results and the most reliable results, they do not eat whatever when they want to, especially when they are in a strict fatless phase. Now, if you're just, you know, trying to maintain, trying to live a healthy lifestyle, then it's not going to be as necessary as helpful. Speaking of necessary and helpful, point number nine is... Do not fixate on specific numbers because it's just silly. Like, you know, uh, this always used to crack me up when I've seen coaches uh, be like, so my client is on 362 grams of carbs, 56 grams of fat, and 183 grams of protein. And I'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, just pick something that ends in a zero, like, for fuck's sake. Like, it's not going to make an ounce of a difference the foods itself you're tracking are (laughs) like even if you eat the same foods it's still going to vary like the fruits you eat are going to vary in their carb content simply due to the ripeness and stuff the tool you're using has a larger uh, variability or the measurement error, I think that's what I'm looking for. So the measurement error is larger than that accuracy trying to to, to to use there. So just, you know, have a range. Um, I think it's best to just pick a calorie target and pick a protein and then a carb and a fat minimum. Um, and that should take care of, or, of most of it. Now, of course, if you're at the end of a contest prep diet, then those things matter a whole lot more. But that's a separate conversation. Point number 10 is uh, something that uh, I struggle with every now and again. That is borrowing calories and why it can be a slippery slope. So borrowing calories basically refers to eating more in a day because, you know, you can take it away from the next day. So for example, if today I have... 3000 calories to eat and I find myself already at 3000 but I want to have another meal I'll say you know I'll just take a thousand or 500 from tomorrow and that can can be a very very slippery slope because those 500 quickly can turn into a thousand and two thousand and I know I did this um, 
a lot these past couple of months. I would just order something and estimate it to be a couple thousand calories and that would put me in a couple thousand surplus already and I'd be like, no, it's okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to reduce my, my food intake the next day and I'll be fine. And like I said, that can be a very, very slippery slope. And that brings me to point number one, uh, 11, which is to not allow yourself to justify binging ever. So saying things like, it's okay that I ate 7,000 calories because today I just fast completely and that will create a 3,000 calorie deficit or whatever. That's not the right mindset. That will lead you down to this binge and restriction cycle and fasting to to make trying to make up and pretty much always just trying to make up for for these huge binges and like i said it's something i personally struggle with still emotional eating is very very real and um i wish i had an easy fix but i don't it's just comes down to planning awareness recognizing that these emotions happen and trying to not let them overrun your conscious mind or not let them overcome uh, your long-term goal, basically putting your long-term goal in front of these short-term impulses. Point number 12 is sort of related to this, um, and that is that periodic fasts are okay, but they should not be used for calorie control uh, with some exceptions. Now, I know there is literature um, about alternate day fasting it can work but usually that's done with like medical supervision it's a conscious thing it's pre-planned what I'm talking about here is unplanned binges and then using fast as a way to do damage control <laughs> and that's very very different from having this plan that okay I'm just going to because um, in the literature uh, on the non-fasting days they do not binge they eat their regular diet like if someone is on 3000 calories they eat 3000 they will not eat 9000 because they just they can just fast for two days that that's not how it works and that's not going to be helpful and it's, it's going to backfire the final points are more so about the mindset uh, around tracking calories um, and point number 13 is uh, that tracking calories doesn't equal flexible dieting I think I went into this with Abel, Abel Chabay, in one of the earlier episodes, so can, you can go back in the archives and search for that. Um, but basically, the people who are hardcore IFOM and the people who are hardcore macro dieters, so to speak, you know, the uh, macro coaches on, of Instagram, like they just trade off one rigid way of dieting, which is, you know, doing the clean eating or the bro science way of, you know, rice and chicken and asparagus or broccoli or whatever the magical food items are that can easily be replaced with tracking calories and um, replacing one uh, rigid uh, method of dieting with another one. So just because you track calories and you brag on Instagram that you can eat unlimited selection of foods, that does not mean that you are flexible in your diet. Now, in the same way, point number 14 is that tracking calories doesn't mean that you can't live without it. It simply can be a preference. Why do I say that? I've seen some people who are shunned, basically others that, oh my goodness, if you have been tracking for longer than like a month, that you should just switch and 
uh, go to intuitive eating and that's the future and anyone who tracks calories is doing it wrong and you have to be in tune with your body and you have to listen to your soul and this and that and, and uh, listen like point number 15 is that for some people tracking calories is mentally stressful but for others it's the opposite and you have to know yourself like if you're one of those people who can't be bothered to track it just freaks the f- freaks you the fuck out okay awesome do do intuitive eating do your meal prep do whatever works for you but some people don't like that uncertainty that they do not know what they are eating exactly some people want to tick every box so to speak they want everything to be taken care of they want to know exactly down to the t how much they're eating when they're eating it and usually that's the uh, that's the people who do best in bodybuilding like it's not really a good or a bad thing. It's just a matter of goals, a matter of personality, a matter of trade-offs. What are you willing to sacrifice for your results? It's not a. There isn't a good or bad answer. There isn't a correct answer. It just it really depends on the context of the individual. Point number sixteen is that um, regardless of goal, I think everyone should count calories for a brief period of time. Now, how brief that period is going to be is going to vary. Like I said, people who are stressed out by it can go for a week. People who are a bit more relaxed can go longer. Then they can decide what they want to do. But I think the awareness that it gives you is uh, very, very valuable. Like simply knowing how much you eat, knowing how many calories you need roughly to maintain your weight. All of those things are helpful. There is that old saying that, what gets measured gets managed and I think that's definitely true so if you're complaining that you know I'm eating so much I cannot gain weight if I ask you how much you're eating uh, I'm expecting a number and if you tell me that I have no idea I'm sorry then you're just complaining and you're not willing to do anything about it so it's just reality like you have to be willing to put in the work and you have to be willing to sacrifice something to get something else back in return so I think everyone should count calories for how long that depends. And point number 17, and that's the last one, is that in the same way, I think most people do not need to count calories long term. Definitely most people do not need a 2000 calorie, 2000 day streak on my fitness pal. Um, that's just something I do because it's fun. Uh, it doesn't burden me at all. It takes me a couple of minutes. And it's fun to watch the number um, go higher and higher. So I think it's it's a good idea to count short term. Then you can transition away into more sustainable um, uh, way of eating. But like I said, if it's something that doesn't bother you and you enjoy it, that I don't see anything wrong with uh, doing it long term. So those would be my thoughts, my takeaways, my lessons my uh, experiences um, from my own calorie counting journey and from seeing others let me know what you thought let me know if you agree let me know if you think i left out something Um, any feedback is more than welcome if you enjoy these episodes please leave a review on itunes or wherever you're uh, getting these podcasts from if you're feeling extra generous you can leave a couple of words and tell uh, why you like the episodes you can share these episodes on your social media accounts and share it on your stories on Instagram. Tag me on Facebook. All that kind of stuff is very much uh, appreciated and it's very, very helpful. And uh, let's um, slowly but surely 
um, try to grow this uh, this podcast. Uh, let's grow our audience and um, try to engage more people. So thanks again for listening. Next week, hopefully, we'll be back with uh, another guest interview. Until then, go crush whatever goals you set out for yourself.